There's so many different ways to tell the Christmas story. Usually in church, we tell the story of Jesus' birth using those familiar words from the Gospel of Luke, where the shepherd and the angels are usually the stars of the story. We don't often hear this Matthew's version, which is a little more challenging, because it focuses on Joseph. So this morning, I'd like to go a little bit deeper into that story about how did the birth of Jesus look to Joseph? Because for him, this birth was not an easy thing. It was risky business. And it took a lot of courage, faith, and love for Joseph to be a part of this amazing event. Now, we all know that Joseph was a carpenter by trade, that he lives in a little village up in the hills called Nazareth. We can assume that Joseph makes furniture for a living, we know it's hard work because everything is done by hand. And being a carpenter is always risky business because you starve when the times are tough. Now Joseph is lucky. He does have a ready market for his furniture down in the valley. You see, three miles away down in the valley is the Roman city called Sephorus. With the Roman army making it a regional base, there's a building boom going on during Joseph's lifetime. Within a few short years, Sephorus quickly grows into a city of 20,000 people. So there was lots of work for the tradesmen. And then Joseph thinks if this building boom continues, he may actually have a decent chance at a good life. And Joseph wants to be a success because he's in love. He's in love with a girl called Mary. She's pretty, with olive skin, soft brown eyes, shining dark hair. When she smiles and laughs, she lights up everyone's heart. It's her smile that steals Joseph's heart, of course. One day Joseph gets an order to make a dining room set for a rich man's house. It's a good order that's going to keep him busy for months. So he takes this as a good sign, and he goes to ask Mary to marry him. It takes all the courage he has to ask her, because Joseph is a quiet man. He's used to letting his tools in his hands express what he's feeling. As the months leading up to their wedding go by, Joseph can't believe his good fortune. He continues to have lots of work to do, Every evening he gets to see Mary, and she always smiles when he comes to visit. One night, though, after a hot day's work, Joseph calls on Mary, but Mary isn't smiling tonight. On this hot evening, she looks unusually frightened, tired, worried. She can barely look him in the eye. It takes a long time for Joseph to get Mary to talk to him, and Mary tells him she is pregnant. Joseph feels very hurt. His stomach starts to churn. Joseph doesn't know what to do. Now Mary says she still loves Joseph, but she can't really explain what's happening. And Joseph knows this is not his child, but he really can't figure out what Mary is saying about there not being another man in her life. He doesn't know what that means. Joseph thinks he should break off the engagement. That'll be hard on Mary, and it's going to make Joseph look bad. Everyone is going to think that he has taken advantage of her and dumped her. Mary is going to be damaged goods. No one is going to want to marry Mary after this. Now, if he publicly denounces Mary, that means he's accusing another man of all of this, and Mary is going to be driven out of town. Now, also if he does that, no one's going to want much to do with Joseph because he's going to have a reputation as being trustworthy, untrustworthy. Everyone's going to think, oh, he just used her, cast her off, can't trust him either. But then there's the other option, if he marries her. If he marries her, they're going to have to carry the scandal of this birth for the rest of their days. 
The town gossips have a long memory. So Joseph decides to break up with her quietly because he doesn't want to endanger her life. And it hurts because he still loves her. And then that night, Joseph has a dream. It's one of those really vivid dreams. The kind where you know you're dreaming, but you can't control it, and it's just happening to you. In this dream, Joseph is working in his father's old workshop. The smell of the wood shavings are as powerful as incense. And suddenly, the sounds of that workshop fade, and the air is filled with beautiful music that he's never heard before. An angel, a messenger of God, shines with wings of liquid gold. The angel's robes shimmer like a thousand dancing rainbows. And the angel speaks, speaks to Joseph and says, Do not be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. For the child is conceived in her by the power of God's Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph wakes from this vivid dream, he knows what he must do. Joseph goes and he does marry Mary, but he does not sleep with her. Everyone must know the child is not his. And once the baby is born, he does adopt the baby as his own son, for Joseph truly is a righteous man. Now the gossips, well, the gossips did talk for many years. They talked about what an odd marriage it was because of all the scandal that had gone on. But even with all of that scandal, no one ever doubted the risk that Joseph took, and no one ever doubted how much Joseph loves Mary. It's an amazing story, isn't it? A powerful story. But it often makes me wonder, well, if an angel was to speak to you in a dream like that, would you listen? If all you had to go on was a dream, would you be willing to take a major risk in your life and change everything? We need to remind ourselves time and time again how hard this was for Joseph. Joseph never had a, an encounter with an angel. All he had was a dream. And in fact, he had four dreams all told. That was just the first of them. Three more came. After the wise men visit, an angel in a dream tells Joseph that they need to flee to Egypt. And when they are in Egypt, and an angel visits them, Joseph again in a dream to tell him it is now safe to come home. And as they are on that journey home, the final angel visits him in a dream to tell him to settle in Nazareth. And amazingly, every time he has a dream, he does what the angel in that dream asks him to do. Joseph is an amazing man. He trusts his dreams. He trusts his dreams because he fully expects God is going to talk to him. He believes God will guide his life for the better. God is a central part of who Joseph is. He's a righteous man with a deep faith. But even with that deep faith, it was a risky thing for Joseph to be involved in the birth of Jesus. Think about it. He leaves his home. He leaves his business. He leaves his country all for the sake of a child that isn't his. If something had gone wrong, he would have been left without any help at all. That's danger. But the birth of Jesus was able to happen so long ago because, above all else, Joseph trusts in God. 
He's willing to take a huge personal risk and go on this holy adventure because Joseph trusts his dreams when it comes to God. Do we trust our dreams like that? It's hard because we live in an age that does not like taking risks, even at the best of times. People are getting married later in our society. The risk of failure is so great many couples choose to live together rather than risk being in a marriage that might fail. The risk of failure is so great that fewer people are getting into any kind of romantic relationships. I'm surprised to learn that here in the center town part of our city of Ottawa, over half the population lives alone. Think about that. Over half the adult population in downtown Ottawa lives alone. There's one person in that apartment. That's different. Because people are being more cautious about their relationships, in fact, the divorce rate has actually been going down for the last 30 years. Because people are being more cautious in their relationships, we actually have half as many friends as we did 50 years ago. Think about that. It's not just romantic relationships, it's just simple friendships. We have half the number of friends that we once did. We miss out on so much because we're not willing to take a risk and let other people in. A number of years ago, I preached on Christmas Eve about Joseph and the importance of taking risks and following your dreams. Remember, the congregation came up to me after a couple months later to say what an impact that sermon had on her son, John. He was a young man. And John was very moved by that sermon to the point that he decided to reach out to a girl that he had dated back in high school. Now, it took some effort to track her down because she was working in South America by this time. But he persevered, and they managed to reconnect. And when she came back to Canada, they started to date. And they even got engaged. And he began to really hope that this was going to be the relationship for him. But after a few months of dating, suddenly she broke it off. She wasn't ready for that kind of commitment. And this young man, John, was heartbroken that it didn't work out. But then one day, an older co-worker in his office said, come into my office, I want to talk to you about something. And this older co-worker commented on how he'd noticed what John had gone through and how John's search for a meaningful relationship had really changed John, that he had grown into something so much more. As a co-worker and as a friend, he said he was impressed by the change. And then this co-worker friend did something very unexpected. He said, have you met my daughter? John said, no, I've never met your daughter. He said, you should. I think the two of you would actually hit it off quite well. In fact, I want to send the two of you on a date together. <laughs> what? He said, seriously, so, no, it, I, I, think, I think the two of you would be, uh, I'm playing matchmaker here, I think the two of you are well suited for each other. Yeah, and he said, okay. Uh, he was more than a little surprised, a little bit freaked out, because he says, I, do I really go on this date? I don't want to ruin the relationship with this co-worker. But the guy persevered, and finally John agreed to go on the blind date with the daughter. And they hit it off. They actually were kindred spirits. And the first date turned into a second date, turned into a third date, turned into them going steady, and they were married within the year. 
If we want that kind of love in our lives, we have to overcome our fears. Because the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. Fear prevents us from caring for others. Fear prevents us from sharing our hurts with others. Fear keeps the door shut so no one can come in. If we want love in our life, we have to conquer our fears. If we want friends in our lives, we have to overcome our fear of being vulnerable with each other. We have to take risks, great personal risks, if we want romance in our lives. We have to take personal risks if we want friendship in our lives. Love is supposed to be a little bit scary because it is uncertain. We don't know how it's going to turn out. But we do know from scriptures and from the first letter of John, it says there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out all fear. It does take courage to love. It takes courage to have real friends who are present when we need each other most. Courage means feeling the fear of rejection and loss, but then choosing to pursue love and friendship anyway. Joseph had the courage to love Mary. Joseph took, had the courage to take the risk of having Jesus be a part of his life and have Jesus be known as his son. So Christmas happens when we take the risk of trusting in God, like Joseph did. Love happens when we take the risk of opening our hearts to others, the way Joseph loves Mary. And life happens when we take the risk of letting other people into our lives, like Joseph does with Jesus. And it all starts when you take the risk and trust in the dream. Amen.